This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. When we were aware that we are musicians, we just went on from there. We either tinker with any instruments we have in the house, trumpet, clarinet, accordion, and we tried to learn everything. You can call it a competition, whoever learns faster, but <laughs> I was the least talented if you term it that way, because all of my brothers and sisters, they were all so good. I can play a little bit, but not very efficient. That was Tagumpay Mendoza de Leon, being perhaps a tad modest about his achievements, especially when one considers that he has recently been named a National Heritage Fellow by the United States National Endowment for the Arts. Even so, the modesty is not out of character. The award, de Leon says, was quite unexpected, as all he did was play and teach the rondalia music that he so loves. For those who know him, however, the award is anything but unexpected. He is, after all, of excellent musical stock, being the son of national artist for music Felipe de Leon and the brother of composer Bayani de Leon. The recognition is also well-deserved, as it is difficult to overstate de Leon's influence as a champion of rondalia music in America leading the Rondalia Club of Los Angeles, and lecturing at the University of California, Riverside. On today's program, we are privileged to be joined by Maestro Tagumpay de Leon, who looks back to the experiences that led to his recognition as a National Heritage Fellow, and shares his insight on the Rondalia music that he has loved and championed for decades. We also hear music from the RCLA's album Alay, beginning with the traditional Maglalatik. Welcome to the Rondalia Club of Los Angeles. started actually the Rondalia when I was already 16, right before I went to college. That was just a project of Manila Lions Club. My father was a member. They let all the children 
while they're beating, you know, somewhere to learn Rondalia. They purchase instruments for us. Of course, I started with Banduria, but then uh, in the family, nobody wants to play the bass. I said, oh, I can play the bass. I guess there's less strings. I can learn faster. But, you know, that was my drawback because whenever we had performances, I had to carry the big bass. But it worked out. We were known as the De Leon family Rondalia for a while, accompanying my father's group, the Himignanlahi, which sang old condiments and... They even had a program on uh, DCFM, Philippine Hour. My father was the host. He presented a lot of artists. Sometimes <laughs> it includes us too, as Rondalia players, Rundalia, the Leon family Rondalia. But sometimes he features the other Rondalias like Brett Vena or Tony Santos, you know, those groups. Nito Gonzalez too. But you know, I never met Nito Gonzalez personally when I was in the Philippines. I got a scholarship when I went to Mapua. So I have to concentrate on that. Otherwise, I'll lose my scholarship. So I stopped music for a while. After college, I taught in Mapua for five years, 66 to 71, before I migrated here. And of course, I have to leave my brothers, sisters. I didn't want to leave, actually. But then all my classmates and co-teachers, they've been writing me, oh, it's good year, you earn dollars. When I compute how much exchange, what I'm earning in Mapua for one month, I can earn there in one day, maybe two days. So I said, maybe, you know, that's enough incentive for me just to help my family. The Club of Los Angeles brought to us the traditional Gayong Gayong. Here again is Tagumpay de Leon. You know, I didn't look for a rondalia. The rondalia found me. My first instinct was to look for a good job. But 75, for some reason, this uh, church knew that I play Banduria. So can you accompany us in the mass? 
And then this father and daughter approached me. Would you like to join us? We became a trio playing for events. A director of a dance troupe saw us. Kasarilan dance troupe, then she eventually changed it to Pamanlahi dance troupe. Eventually, the Pamanlahi was dissolved. And then 1985, Magnitoy, Peter Gonzalez, approached me. Papa Nitoy was a member of the dance troupe, but he just plays guitar for them because there's no rondalia players. So he approached me, why don't we form a rondalia with my son, Boy Angus, so we can play live for the dance troupe. At the start, I didn't know a lot of dances, so Magnitoy wrote some of them for me. I owe a lot to him because uh, he wrote a lot of folk dances for me. We were a good team. In June 1986, we have a two-hour show already with dancers from UCLA. We call it Filipino-American Cultural Group. We became famous because we have live Rondalia and then started recruiting members. And most members that we recruit were all guitarists. Patrick and Eric Illustrissimo were my guitarists. They were Metallica fans. Eventually, Patrick said, I think I should learn Banduria too and Eric. So while we were on a tour, I started writing music for them in numbers because they don't read notes at the time. After that, they forgot guitar. They love playing for the rondal, you know. And then UCLA started promoting Philippine culture too. They started Filipino Cultural Night or PCN, and they want live rondalia. So that's when they contacted us because we were already famous for Phil and Family Culture Group. So the students, they choreograph, and then we perform for them. We accompany all their dances. The PCNs spread to different universities. To keep up with that, the demand, sometimes they have two PCNs in one night. I said, how can we accompany both? Because we're the only Rondalia. So maybe we should create Rondalia Club of LA, start recruiting members, so that we can split our membership, play for one PCN, the other PCN. At least we can accommodate both. Well, 1999, that's the height of our uh, being known as Sandalia Club of LA. That's when the entertainment, education and entertainment series started at UCR and different schools. At that time, they were just starting to change their concept of musician groups. Instead of Western music, they decided to form different ensembles, world cultures. They called world culture. Who else will teach? I, I was the only one. So 2001, they finally were able to put Rondale in the curriculum with me as instructor. And you know how many students I had, not only all Filipino, but there's some uh, Koreans, American, and probably Filipinos added to 28. I had 28 students. I only had 12 instruments. And then I think 2007, I went home and purchased six more instruments. And then I donated some instruments to the school. So we have 22 overall now. At the start, you know, I have more Filipinos. Lately, you know, I see Chinese, Koreans, Japanese, Americans. I don't dwell too much on history of Durandalia because my main uh, objective is for them to be able to play right away. I always say to them, this is just to expose you on what kind of music we have in the Philippines. And the faster you learn how to play the instrument, the better you can appreciate our music. It's just like what Joel is doing, edutainment. Once in a while, I have to explain, you know, what's the meaning of uh, usaha or covering alinda, you know. So they appreciate how to put the feeling on the music. 
But my main objective, like I said, is just to let them be exposed to the instrument and be able to play right away. Because that's all they're there for, to play the instrument. traditional Sayaw et Tapeo Nabanco, brought to us by the Rondalia Club of Los Angeles. We return to our interview. I noticed lately all the rondales there are geared for competition. It's like a concert style composition. They're trying to emulate European composers, <laughs> the way they arrange the music. And I don't like that because it's not the rondalia anymore. For me, when you listen to them playing overtures, yeah, they're good. But that's not how you foresee a rondalia. Rondalia is supposed to play your native uh, songs, your mm. folk songs. And that's where you will appreciate the music. Not that the players, of course. The players secondary. They show their ability. They show their musicianship, versatility. But then, you know, maybe at my age, I want to hear condiments and folk songs. The music that you grew up with, that you appreciate more. If I want to listen to an overture, I might as well listen to an orchestra here, not a rondalia. I saw some good rondalias there, like Cerso Espeja Rondalia. I think they're the best, you know, as far as being skilled. I appreciate all their skills, the way they train their kids. But I wish that once in a while they'll play native songs. You can feel the longing for your country. If you saw my uh, interview, when we play here in the restaurants, This the guy, yeah, they cry because they miss their country. When you listen to this, uh, especially when we play Bayanko or any Kundima, Mutian and Pasig, you know, they appreciate that more. When did you start seeing this trend toward a more virtuosic repertoire for Rondalia? Is this something that you saw even in the 60s or is this something? No, no, you... no. Only when I'm here, when I probably starting year 2000 already, later years, because I learned that they commissioned my brother. Mm -hmm. I think that was uh, in the 90s. And then I started watching on YouTube all these competitions. That's when I realized where well, they're playing all these arrangements of Rondalia, like an overture. So I said, maybe they just want to show how versatile the musicians are. 
I think the way they train Rondalia players there now, they train them to participate in competitions. Not just to play for an audience that maybe in the rural areas, you hear them more play native songs. But when you're in the city, I think they prepare you for competitions. The way we play our music, it's more intimate to the audience. If you play more native songs, they become more closer to you. They think you're their friends. What do you think we should do to revive that passion for Filipino folk rondalia? You just keep on playing folk songs. How else can you tell them that this is what you should hear from a rondalia except to play them yourself? You know, when I see all those good musicians playing this concert style, even people or students who learn this instrument, they can play them right away. I know they can play those kind of music. And you start with simple tunes that they can play. And of course, folk songs are simple. I'll tell you one instant. In 2016, we have a group, Mapua group, that had a reunion there. We were able to tour different parts of the country, like Cebu, Palawan. And when we arrived in Cebu, one of our places that we visited is Alegre. They make Andalia instruments and guitar, all these string instruments. They manufacture them. So once we enter the building, there's three people playing rondalia, one bass, one guitar, one banduria. And they were playing Spanish eyes. So I said, we are from America. We don't want to hear that music. So we kind of <laughs> tease them. Why are you playing American songs? We are from America already. Well, of course, they want to probably show off that they can play American songs. Do you know Bay Cubo? Do you know Leron Lenusita? Uh, we don't know them that much. Those are your Philippine tunes. Why don't you then play them? Because when you have foreigners, they want to listen to what's native, not their songs. So one of my classmates said, Pai, why don't you get one of the instruments there and join them? So of course I got one octavina and joined them. Okay, here's what we will do. We'll play all these native songs. Hindi ho namin alam chords. We don't know the music. No, just follow me. I'll dictate the chords. I started with Baiku, uh all those uh, folk songs. And then eventually, gradually, they're starting to see the, the beat. Say, Paradisos, Pasta Doble, or we played Dalaga Pilipina, I think. All these songs that are native. And all of a sudden, you can see all these people gathering around us. Because the others, they don't mind if you play Spanish eyes. They heard that already. So I started gathering around and they're throwing pesos and dollars on the floor. <laughs> After we're done, probably we played for 30 minutes. They had this collection of dollar bills and uh, peso bills. You see, they appreciate you more. You start listening to all these folk songs, and you know, I think people will appreciate you more if you welcome them with this native music instead of, uh, you know, American song.
That was Nitoy Gonzalez, Polka de las Bandurias, brought to us by the Rondalia Club of Los Angeles. Here now is the final part of our interview with Tagumpay de Leon. How did you feel and what went through your mind when you got the news that you were recognized as a National Heritage Fellow? Well, the one who nominated me for this is a UCR professor. And then one of my students who is a doctor now in music is the other one who nominated me. And he knows me very well. He was one of my first students in 2001, and eventually he became a doctor. So they nominated me that last July 2020, and then let's see how it goes. And then March, I got the news from NEA, one of the sheriffs here. She called me, congratulations, what? You got awarded to be a fellow. Really? Are you kidding? I said, yes, you got it. So of course, they won't announce it till June. Of course, I cannot tell it to anybody except Deborah Wong and Neil Mathen who nominated me. The first reaction they had to was they never expected it because usually it doesn't take only one nomination. You can nominate twice, three times before you get in. But this was my first time to be nominated. And Dr. Wong said, I think your credentials speak for themselves. We don't have to elaborate more on what you accomplished. And I told Deborah Wong, I think I owe it a lot to UCR because of my teaching there for 20 years, imparting my knowledge. If not for my teaching, if I'm only performing, I don't think I'll get the award. Given that the recognition has broadly expanded your influence and that you have so many years of performing under your belt, what is one thing that you want people to learn from your music? The young ones will have time to sit and really appreciate what we do because they're always on their iPhones and iPods, on their gadgets, and they don't have time to appreciate your music. But the only time they will probably start exploring their uh, ancestry, especially Filipino-Americans, if they go to college and then, you know, ex- be exposed to this Filipino culture night, because that's the only time they will try to discover their roots. That's the only time they will get awakened to what they have. You know, lately, even my grandkids, well, of course, I started teaching them Banduria now. And even my seven-year-old grandson can play now. And I have an 11 and 14-year-old. They will have an event for me, and I want my three grandchildren to play. So I gave them the piece, and the piece I want them to play is Pilipinas Kung Mahal, so that when the audience listens to that, they will think of their country, my Pilipinas Kung Mahal, the Philippines I love. It's something that will make you feel homesick in a way if you play Philippines, especially from grandkids. To answer your question, you know, I, w- I wish they can listen more to our group because we concentrate on Filipinos, folk songs and melodies. My father always tries to show to us that there's nothing more satisfying in life than to be able to show what you are as a Filipino, to love your country. Because if you cannot promote your own culture, who else will do that for you?
The Rondalia Club of Los Angeles brought to us the traditional Guguma o Kalipay. Earlier on the program, we heard Manlalatik, Gayong Gayong, Sayaw Ed Tapeo Nabangko, and the late Nitoy Gonzalez, Polka de las Bandurias. All the tracks heard on today's program were taken from the RCLA's album, Alay. Today's guest was RCLA co-director and National Heritage Fellow, Tagumpay de Leon. His music and achievements will be celebrated in Life in Rondalia, mounted by Philam Arts LA. For updates, visit facebook.com slash philamartsla. For more information on the Rondalia Club of Los Angeles, visit rc-la.org or facebook.com slash rondaliaclubla. That's all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 4 in the afternoon, the following Monday at 12 midnight, and lastly the next Thursday at noon. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening.